in order to be great at anything, you must be willing to suck at it first. <laughs> you have to, you, you have to suck. suck, right? You have to <laughs> suck. If you're not willing to suck, you'll never succeed, right? This is why suck is the beginning of success, right? <laughs> right? Like, like you have to suck. And most people don't want to suck. Most people want to look good. Gerald Rogers in the <laughs> studio today. Man, it was like, it was pretty cool. I met you several years ago. What, what do we guess? 2019? Is that about uh, the time? Well, I think we originally met back in 2015 or 16 when we were building our big Limitless events. And that's when you first came into our world. But that's the last time I saw you, I think, was 2019. Yeah. Because yeah. at the time, I think the time I was doing it, you were... You were doing all kinds of crazy events, but you were doing even magic shows with Tony Robbins type people at his events, right? <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I, so one of the things I do is a hypnosis show. So yeah, at a at a Tony Robbins event, we like did a hypnosis show. It was, it was just for the group of platinum partners who are like the high level members of that community. But yeah, his high level community partners that you were engaged with. Yeah. Dude, that's legit, bro. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah, it was a crazy group of people. I mean, all these like people like that, like it costs like a hundred twenty thousand dollars to be part of the group for a year. And so it's just like this crazy investment, but meet so many outrageous people that are like also insanely passionate about personal growth. And so it's just fun to be around people like that. Yeah, dude. That was that was legit because I think that's where you met. Well, actually, I don't know if that's where you met Sean, Sean Callagy, right? You actually yeah. knew or did was, you know Sean before was, that? No, it was through uh, through that group that I met Sean Callagy. Yeah. That's how you met it. Because then when you and I met, we I met you at one of his events. Actually, I saw you on the airplane. You got blue hair. <laughs> I was like, dude, who's this guy with the blue hair? And then the next thing you know, I run into you at the event. <laughs> and I don't even remember actually who introduced us at the event. And then all of a sudden we got talking. And uh, then I went to one of your events. Yeah. Bro, that was cool. I remember I like I don't I was kind of I was kind of uh, surprised at how you got a group of people so opened up, so loose that we're walking around hugging each other, laying on the ground, laughing our heads off. And uh you figured out how to create connection among everybody inside that group. It was fun. Yeah. So that's quite a skill you had. So that's one of my superpowers is like getting people beyond their ego and like really connecting in a heart-centered way. And and it's it's like fun for me, like when like even like when people are meeting like a traditional networking meeting, like people reach around and, you know, shake hands, say, Hey, what's your name? What do you do? Like, and that's like the least interesting piece of who a person is. Right. <laughs> so right. I love guiding people through process where they get to really tune into like, who are you and what are you up to on this planet? And like, what are you most passionate about? And from that space and all of a sudden, like there's this, there's this whole other dimension of what people are creating, what they're doing that, that is unveiled when we get beyond the ego of, you know, judgment. And one of the things that I really, really, really lean on is this, this message from, um, it was in the book, how to win friends and influence people by Dale oh, Carnegie, right? Yeah, that's like an awesome old book. classic, right? But there's this one line that says every person that I meet is my superior in some way and that I learn of them. I've kind of like made that my mantra and I was like, rather than jumping into judgment, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm better than this person. Or I'm less important than this person. Like there's always this curiosity. It's like, what can I learn from this person? What, what does this person experience that I can actually, you know, lean into and, and become a better person because of who they are? Oh dude, which, I mean, I, I saw that play out. I mean, just as you said that, cause 
you would always, when we, when we were in your group, you were like, I see the greatness in you. And we would, we would talk about that. Yeah. Try to do it. And I, that's obviously you trying to vet out what, what those unique characteristics that every person brings to the table. That's like exceptional, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Uh, Dale Carnegie. I like that book and I like that experience. You've got kind of an extraordinary life. You go, you're taking people to, I can't remember if it was Bali, but it sure looked like Bali, but you're taking them all around the world to all these different locations and events. Like these are, these are like high ticket events. This, yeah. this cannot be a cheap experience for them to go out there and to do this stuff with you. Cause you create tremendous experiences for them. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my favorite things in the world is guiding people through these exotic adventure retreats, you know, where we go to Bali, Nepal, Costa Rica, we're going to Belize coming up soon. We have, we have, you know, I've probably done 40 or 50 of these exotic, like week long adventure retreats with people over the last, last six or seven years. And it's like, it's so fun taking people on this journey of their soul to really discover who they are, what they're up to on the planet and, and to have them come back, leaving behind the baggage of what no longer serves and like really emerging in, in the space of excitement to fulfill their purpose and and part of me is it's like i'm so curious about the world that i love i love taking people on this you know journey of conscious creation and, and going to these places it's like really magical it is magical it's yeah. fun watching you guys take and do it but see you didn't you were not always in that spot like there was you had a journey i mean you had to share it with us like you had a journey from from actually allowing yourself to, you said you described it just freeing yourself to be who you're supposed to be, right? Yeah, I think I think that's like a, the journey that we all go through, right? Like we um, feel like when we're born, we're like this blank slate of like possibility, right? We're all like completely open to who it could be, but then slowly we're infused with this programming, right, of who we're supposed to be in the world in order to be approved of, in order to be safe, in order to be liked and loved, and so. We're given this programming from our parents, from our schools, from our churches, from the government. And, and all of this program begins to shape this identity of who we think we are. But the challenges within that identity are inherent limits, right? And so most people emerge from their childhood with these deep wounds of like, I'm not enough, or I can't do this, or I, I can do this, or like they, they have this like set blueprint in their entire life is based on that identity. So the work that I I feel like I've been called to in my life is identity work or what I call soul alchemy, right? The journey right. of transformation from who we've been, who we thought we were supposed to be, into who we're meant to be and who we really can become. And and, and it's this unraveling. And so for me, you know, I was I was I lived my whole life with this identity of like, I'm the good boy. I, I get good grades. I have a room clean. You know, I do whatever <laughs> I need to do to please mom. Right. And then and then I got married and I carried that identity into that relationship where I made my my first wife my surrogate mother, right? Like she became my mother and I was always trying to please her, always trying to do what was right. And <laughs> and and within that there was always this inherent feeling of no matter what I try, it's never enough. And so I never never felt like I had enough money. I never felt like I could be free. I never could felt like I could be fully expressed. And so I wore this mask everywhere I went, right? Yeah. And try and project to the world like, hey, I'm successful. I have it all figured out. But internally, like feeling like a feeling like a mess, you know, feeling like <laughs> I like I like couldn't be honest with the fact that I was struggling with this area or struggling with that area, or struggling with finances or struggling with a porn addiction or like like I had all these areas which were like so messy inside. Yeah. But meanwhile I was the guy that 
had it all projected to the world. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm, <laughs> I've got it all figured out. I'm super successful. I, I have like an amazing family. I'm, I'm the good church going guy. And like, I, I, I projected this image, but deep internally, like feeling like, oh my gosh, if everyone knew what a fraud I was, no one would love me, <laughs> you know? And it's like so funny how the universe doesn't always give us what we want, but it always gives us what we need. Yep. And so in 2013, what I needed was my wife of 16 years to say, hey, I'm done with you. Like, I, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Right? <laughs> okay. I'm like, what? Right? what? <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I was a good husband. But internally, like, I, I because I hadn't, like, really learned to own who I was, yeah. right? I, I Like, how could she trust a guy that was, like, hiding so many parts of me, right? And, and how could I experience intimacy with her when I didn't even love myself? And so it was like this really, really brutal moment of feeling rejected by the person like I fundamentally wanted love from the most. But it was like the greatest gift of my life because all of a sudden for the first time, I'm like, okay, I've been doing all these things to please her and it's obviously not working. Like, what, what is it? What's, what's true? Who am I? Like, what do I want? That simple question. What do I want? Like I, like I had never really sat with that question before. Who am I? What do I want? And how do I actually create that? So, that is a good question. Okay, so now that you pop the question, yeah. So then, what? Like, all right, what happened then? But yeah, for those that are you that are listening that can relate at all to the story of like wearing masks at all, like being the people pleaser, if you can relate <laughs> at all to this journey of like, of of sacrificing who you are in order to be loved and approved of by the one, like it's it's really a potent question to actually pause and say, okay, what do I want and who am I and. The challenging, the reason why most people never, never actually go through this work is because it requires the deep unraveling of who you think you are. Like it's, it's like a death, right? Yeah. And that's why most people, until you are confronted with divorce or bankruptcy or foreclosure or like these, these cataclysmic moments where the universe just demolishes what you think <laughs> you like, the universe is so benevolent and so loving. that it's just like, oh my gosh, I need to send a hurricane to wake you up. And, and, uh, and you know, most people, you know, are terrified of that. So they, they like stay in this realm of what's comfortable. And, and the challenge is like the comfort, like, like you're all about becoming alpha, but like alphas don't stay comfortable because comfort is the enemy of growth. Yep. Comfort is the enemy of greatness, yep. you know, because in that comfort zone, we're just attached to the world of what we've known, which will always limit it to our past identity. And so there's this moment of like surrender where we get to like shatter who we believe we are, which is the the death of our ego. And most people hate dying, right? Which is why most people stay stuck to where they've been. You know, it's it's like it's like human nature to say like to resist change. It's human nature. Like our brain subconsciously like we don't want to change because change means death. It does, right? Right. And and so it triggers all of this fear. But like for the alphas, like it's just like, no, we lean into change with courage and and we're willing to let go and we're willing to step into the unknowing, you know, and in the unknowing, then the curiosity, like, okay, who am I? Who am I really? Like, if I wasn't trying to project anything to the world, if I wasn't trying to get likes on social media, if I wasn't trying to get approved of by the women in my life, who am I deep in my core and learning how to love like the deepest shadow? right? The deepest, like ugly parts of us, right? Like <laughs> to love, absolutely love that part. And, and to also simultaneously love 
like the greatest brilliance and like feel the completeness of our being like in that space of of understanding and loving who we are completely and stepping into a space of unapologetic expression right like a willingness to show up as all of us right yeah then in that space the curiosity of like okay what do i want what is it that that my soul yearns to experience what is it that I want to create? Who is it that I want to be around? Like all of these things like begin shifting our experience of reality. And when we give ourselves permission to show up as all of us and to pursue what's true for us, then all of a sudden like this magical road of possibility unfolds. Right. So for me, like prior to 2013, I never traveled. I never experienced the world, but my soul was like, huh, what do I want? Wow. I want to go experience the world. I really want to go travel the world and bring people along that want to have these epic experiences. And I started to develop like this new connection to God and my purpose and all these things. And, and so I just made the commitment. It's just like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And this is like that part of conscious manifestation, right? <laughs> so many people get stuck in like worrying, oh, I'm going to do this. And, and, and so they become like these whiny little bitches that are always in the pre- preparation, but not the doing, right? Always preparing, never getting it done. Yeah, and, and like we were having this conversation what Alpha is. Alpha is someone that just fucking does it, right? Just like makes it happen, just goes out and, and creates <laughs> because they have a vision and they know it's up to them to make it happen. And then we, we stop lingering in the like procrastination because we're not ready and we just like lean into like, I don't know how this is going to work, but what I know is I'm just going to do it. And in that energy of creation, then all sorts of different possibilities and the right people show up. And and so I think that that moment of my death, you know, of going through divorce catapulted me into this like this deep, resilient remembrance of who I am and and knowing that I can create whatever I want. And one thing you you hit on right there is I see people do it all the time. Indecision, indecision, trying to eternal preppers like i've got to wait for the time to be right time to be right time to be right i'm yeah. like dude it'll never be right yeah. like not until you just lean in and like how, how did you actually in your own mind resolve that because obviously divorce came hit you're like what the heck life life got weird for you that was something that you obviously were trying to avoid but life brought it to your doorstep anyways yeah So it's an interesting question because I think there's two components to it. One is like just human design, like how each of us is hardwired. And there's four different personality types that I that I talk about in in the training, because like this is what helped me understand me. The first is the healer personality. The healer personality is all about connection, love, contribution. It's all about like intuition and like just really loving and, and creating this nurturing space. The next is the oracle. The oracle is is the one that's detail oriented and and loves strategy and and blueprints and like wants to have it all figured out right okay yeah and then there's the warrior personality which is the alpha like leader like the like let's jump in make it happen it's all about the results and then there's a visionary personality which is about creativity possibility stepping into the unknown it's it's all about going with the flow and and just like following the next fun thing Right. So we all have these different four archetypes inside of us, but it just depends on which personality is our dominant and which one we lean on. So for for people that are living in the healer or the oracle personality, like they take a long time to make decisions. They need to think it through. They need to feel right about it. And and so there's like this big space that's required from the idea of idea to to implementation. Would you say that those guys collectively struggle because they they struggle to 
to even make those decisions? Like, how do you help somebody that's like that? Because well, there's a lot of people that are in that boat. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because, like, when someone's in that boat, like, it's it's really important that they just understand how their soul is designed and what actually motivates them to take action, right? And and to, like, overcome the core blocks around that. So for those people, those that are high oracles or high you know, healers, being an entrepreneur is challenging because yeah. as an entrepreneur, you have to be decisive. You have to take action. You have to step into the unknown over and over again, and you have to be willing to lead, right? And those energies like struggle with that because they prefer being told what to do. They prefer, you know, having direction. They prefer to have like their space on the team where they just get to fulfill their role. A little structure. And yeah. Just, just do your thing. Okay. But, but on the other hand, like if they have a vision for the healers, if they can lean into, hey, the way that I actually make a contribution, the way I actually serve is by moving forward and taking action, then they feel the mov movement to create, right? If the oracle feels like movement, taking action is a way for them to build more perfection and create more order in the world, then they'll act, right? It's all about understanding what the soul's unique uh, motivators are. Oh, yeah. But for visionaries and for warriors, it's entirely different, right? Visionaries and warriors are like, let's move, let's take action, let's <laughs> let's get it done right now. The warriors is the warriors all about let's get results, let's like let's like beat the competition, let's let's <laughs> like the, that's the alpha energy, like let's do it now because like why would we wait? Of course we don't know everything, but we'll know more by taking action than we ever will by sitting here and thinking about it. So the, the warrior energy is naturally driven by action and. And the, the visionary gets bored so easily that if they don't act now, then they'll just never do it, right? So they just like love <laughs> jumping in head first and they're more motivated by fun and curiosity and, and newness and, and but then like taking action is really easy. So there's a part of my soul that was always like driven by the visionary nature, right? Like it's yeah. just like, let's just jump in. I'll jump in head first. You know, I don't always check how deep the water is, but I'm, I'm in, right? Like I, I want to make it happen. But there's this other part of me that I needed to heal where I felt like, I felt like I wasn't ever ready. Right. Yeah. So that was the part I needed to graduate from is this feeling. I was like, I just need more information. I just need to go to another workshop. I need more. I didn't need to listen to another podcast. I need to read another book. And right. And there was this constant part of me that felt like I was always in preparation, never quite ready. Yeah. And so for me, like the place that I needed to heal inside of me and, and like if this resonates with anyone that's out there, it's like this space of like, I'm ready right now to take the actions that need to happen, right? Like I'm ready right now and, and feeling into this, like I have the inf information that I need and I trust yeah. that everything else I need will be found in the path that I'm moving on. It's like just jumping along the path and starting moving. And, and for me, like that that helped heal the indecisiveness because you're right. All, all leaders are decisive, right? And all, all creators, all alphas, they're decisive human beings that, that know that the only, only path to greatness is by moving forward and challenging the unknown and, and like being more <laughs> now than I was yesterday. So they have to be willing to let that security blanket kind of fall off yeah. and just step out from under it. Just because right there is something that like, I constantly have to think about. I have to constantly make sure that I'm doing this. But what has your been? What's been your experience when somebody finally says, "Look, I'm going to move in a direction. Uh, it's an unknown," and they let that security blanket fall off? What, what's your experience? Do you find that like the little Yodas show up along the way and start to, to coach and guide them, or what? So here's what I find: as long as you're on the path of your purpose, 
right? Everything will work out. And the resistance that you experience along the way, because it's not going to be perfect. Things aren't going to work out the way you expect them to. Like anyone that starts a business that thinks it's going to be all roses and, and money and profit and ease and flow and freedom. And you're like, you've never started a business, right? Because it, it doesn't work that way, right? It's, it's like raising, it's like having a baby and thinking you'll never actually have to change any messy diapers along the way, right? Yep. It's, it's like it, life doesn't work that way. But when we embrace the resistance, like the, there's a quote from this book called The War of Art, yeah. which is like a really powerful book. In the War of Art, it says, uh, the author, author uh, Stephen Pressfield, he says, resistance is the sign that you are on the path of your highest evolution. I want this to land inside of you. Resistance is a sign that you're on the path of your highest evolution. Resistance is the greatest gift you have. Like if everything was super easy for you, the moment you made the decision, then you would never actually grow. You would never actually reach your potential. Resistance is actually <laughs> the universe being on your side. And you have to lean into that because when things don't work out, then receiving them as, as a gift and trusting that the message will always always be there the lessons will always be there the little yodas will always be there but this is this is what i tell people and, and I, I want people to like feel into this right in order to be great at anything you must be willing to suck at it first you have to you, <laughs> you have to suck. suck right you have to <laughs> suck if you're not willing to suck you'll never succeed right this is why suck is the beginning of success right <laughs> right like like you have to suck and most people don't want to suck. Most people want to look good. Like, right. But like, just imagine you want to be a world-class tennis player. Like you get on the tennis court, you've never played tennis before. Like, what's it going to look like the first time you play? You're going to suck. suck. You're going to be gonna awful. You're going to get crushed. But if you keep showing up over and over and over again, and you put in your 10,000 hours and all of a sudden, wow, you'll be, you'll be damn good. As long as you go through the process of, of learning and, and businesses like that, relationships are like that. Everything's like that. Like, <laughs> Like, and you can't like overanalyze that process to, to do it. You, there are ways to accelerate the yeah. path, but for me, acceleration looks like sucking faster, right? <laughs> sucking suck more, faster. suck faster, <laughs> fail, fail fast forward, fail forward faster, right? Yep. Like yep. to lean into that failure and, 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 <laughs> and to like really transform. And this is another element of alphas that I, I notice is like completely redefining the definition of a failure. You know, one of my friends that I was just with this last weekend, he came to one of events and he's on track to be a billionaire. You know, he's, he's like one of the largest developers, but he has this like plaque on his desk. Right. And it's just says failure is impossible. Either I win or I learn. Right. <laughs> right. He just has this mantra. He's like, it's impossible for me to fail. Either I win and get the result I want, or I learn and I become better. And then I try again and I, I become a more powerful competitor in whatever I'm doing. Like, and, you know, that's the mantra that's led his life to become, you know, I mean, soon he'll be a billionaire, right? And it's, it's just like that, that space of redefining, like if, if, if we knew that failure was impossible, what would we do? What would we try? Yeah. Like, what wouldn't you try? Yeah. Like, why, why you would try you? anything that you wanted to do? Yeah. It's just like, okay. So the question is like, what do you want and what do you want enough that you're willing to fail, that you're willing to look stupid? Right? Willing to look dumb. If you're yeah. willing to look stupid, if you're willing to fail, then great. You have a chance of success. If you're not actually willing to look stupid, then like find something that actually drives you enough that you are. Dude, I had I had a last, you know, I think it was last week. 
I had one of the former VP of the Harmon Brothers. That's that crazy ad agency yeah, yeah. that created purple mattress ads, that created the, yeah. the steel tape ads or whatever you call and it. The magical pooping, rainbow pooping yep. unicorn. Poopery and, and, oh, and the Squatty Potty. Squatty Potty, yeah. Yeah, so he was, the v, he was one of the VPs right there. I was, bro, like, how did you get into this world of, of advertising and stuff? He says at 14, I, I basically was like, he was homeless at 14. Yeah, and he went to an ad agency and and got a job. And I think by the time he was like fourteen, or he, I think he got up to managing like I don't know one hundred fifty thousand dollars in ad spend. You're at fourteen. Somebody gave you one hundred and fifty thousand in ad spend. I goes like, how'd you do that? And he goes, I kept going back every day till the guy finally hired me. I'm like, how many times did you go back? And he goes, I went back a hundred plus times. I needed to eat. Like I wouldn't leave him alone until he hired me. <laughs> He goes, by the time I think I was like 19, I was managing three and a half million bucks. But it's funny because at the age of 14, who would pick that? Who would pick to be homeless, right? Yeah. Like, why would you pick that route? But if you go look at what he's done, he's created two companies at a hundred million apiece. Yeah. And it's, it's like this, like rags to riches. Like talk to anyone, anyone that's succeeded at a massive level. And they all have their hero's journey. They all have their moment of like deep doubt. They all have their moment where they were they sucked right like right. they had to go like every single person like there's no shortcut like they're everyone has to go through that yeah we live in a culture of like instant gratification where someone says i'm going to start a, a business and they expect without any experience that they're going to make a million dollars this year starting a business from scratch when they actually have no idea what it actually means to to run a business now once you've run three or four business and you paid the price, then sure you can start a start a business and be making a million dollars a month, you know, in the first year, right? But only if you paid the price. Yep. Right. And the the worst thing that can actually happen to someone is uh, being an overnight success before they're ready, right? Yeah. Reaching the riches too early on their end journey and and stuff like that's that's when that's when people implode at a massive level because they haven't actually built the capacity within them to manage the resources that they're, they're given. Dude, it's, it's funny. You even mentioned that I have a, I got a friend right now who hit a, probably hit a hundred million last year, came first place winning race car driving and stuff. But, and, and like he's got Lamborghinis, he's got the good life, right? Is he, he scaled up so fast that he actually started allocating and, and handing off resources to other people to be able to help manage it. He scaled so fast, not knowing how to handle it at that level that it just, it blew up on him. Yeah. And you're like, snap, but spectacular, man. Like the one thing I know that he's got is he took all of that knowledge and he's like, all right, this is how I fix it in the future. This is how I don't do the same mistake yeah. twice. And that, that's what you notice, like people that like most successful people I know, myself included, like, you know, we have this like rise as we're figuring things out and we make a lot of money and then we lose it all. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, great. Now that I've lost it all, like, what do I want to do different? How do I actually be more intentional with it? And, 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 and the, the important thing is like really that willingness to, to stay in the beginner's mindset, right? It's like to be curious and like, what can I learn? How can we become better? Yeah. And then being able to ask for help. That's another important part. And that's something that sometimes as alphas, like we struggle with is like, we don't want to actually show the vulnerable part of us not knowing or it's just like, oh, like I'm, I'm actually like because we, we all I struggle with that bro yeah I, I have to admit i do yeah we all do like we all do like how could we not like we all like want to show up especially when our with our alpha brothers it's like oh my god like look 
look at what I'm doing, but we don't want to take him to that little corner. It's like, wow, I'm totally messed up in this area. I have no idea what to do with this. Right. Yeah. And, and whether it's in finances or family or our body or fitness or whatever it is, like there's always areas in our life where we're, we're not showing up and yeah. to be able to be vulnerable is like, dude, like show me how, how are you doing this? Like what's working for you? Like I, I need some advice. Like even at the beginning of this, it's like, I'm, I'm watching my podcast and my show is like, dude, like, like show, show me what you're doing. What have you learned? What have you figured out? And, and me actually being willing to say, I don't know, allows me to, to learn and, and be strengthened by, by your wisdom experience. <laughs> it's funny because like, what was it, Ty Lopez? He was taught, I was, I was listening to him one time. He's like, dude, sometimes just admit you're lost, man. You can't get found until you at least admit, yeah. dude, I'm lost. I don't know where to go. Yeah, there's, there's wisdom in that. Dude, there is, right? Man, I don't, I don't remember if I got you distracted or not. How did you, how did you just make the decision like if I look at your lifestyle based on pre pre divorce, and then I look at where you're at now, it's kind of hard to describe your lifestyle. It's like near as I could tell, you do what you want, you go do play, you take people on these crazy adventures, these crazy journeys. Like if somebody was to say, "Look, I'm tired of being tied down," how how did Gerald just all of a sudden just stop one day and then just say, "I'm going in a different direction," and then somehow somehow you stepped into success. It's interesting because I think there's this moment of surrender and trust, right? Like there's this moment and this is, once again, this, this isn't easy. Most people really struggle with this, but I, I kind of call it, call it the trust fall with the universe. Yeah. Trust fall with the universe is like, okay, this is, this is what I'm really committed to experiencing in my life. I'm not going to bend. Like I, I have absolute commitment to this new standard of living and when we shift our standard of living then somehow the universe like bends to support us but there is that like surrender it's like i don't know how this is going to work out but i know this is what i'm committed to doing and it's interesting because like the more we lean into that trust fall with the universe the more mm -hmm. we know that the universe is always going to catch us right there's been so many times last 10 years where i've like hit that moment of like huh I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills this week, this month, right? Like there's, there's this, but knowing without, with unrelenting confidence that it's going to work out and like following those edges of believing the universe and trusting the universe and, and like really following the intuitive nudges. And, and when the universe shows up for you over and over and over and over and over again, there comes a point where you're like, oh, I know this is going to work out right? Yep. I have this vision. I'm going to be going to this place or I'm going to be creating this or I'm going to be launching this or, or like whatever it might be. I know this is the vision that, that I'm supposed to do. Right. Oh yeah. And it's a combination between having the internal desire of like, what does Gerald want? And also having this connection to sources like, okay, what does God want through me? Sure. Right. It's that combination of those two where when those two are aligned, then all of a sudden, like I can lean and I trust that it will work out even if I don't know how, you know, and, and this is part of this journey of, I call it conscious lifestyle design, which is like, I am, I call it HFY, which stands for hell fucking yes. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to live, okay. I'm going to live my hell fucking yes life. It's if it's not an HFY, it doesn't belong in my life. Right. Okay. So you're going to cast that. Okay. Yeah. So if it's not an HFY, it means it's a hell no. Right. Yeah. Which means I don't take on clients that don't light me up. Right. I just don't. Right. I don't take on projects that don't like me up because my time's too valuable. I don't invest energy on things that aren't like fully aligned with my HFY life. And it's interesting because like the moment I have that standard, then I experience the world in a way that's always supporting. I always have energy for my HFYs. 
Yep. It's like when I clog my life with all of these other like, eh, meh, eh, I should do this or I could do this or, you know, I see this. When I do that, then my life becomes, I kind of feel like it's like like, like these these anchors that are like become like these heavy weights. So I'm really careful not to only commit to HFYs. If it's an HFY, great. I'll bring my full energy to it. If not, it's a no. It's an automatic no, right? And 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 that's what I think is like really important is like the space of like learning how to say no and learning how to decommit from all the things that aren't fully aligned with with the life that you're committed to creating. Well, you ought to you ought to throw a few examples out there because I like I'll, I'll tell you one a mistake I'm making right now. I can feel it. I saw it yesterday. I was frustrated as all heck. So I'm trying to figure out many chat integrating many chat into my website yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And I and I'm like sitting there like pulling the hair out. I'm like, dude, you know what? I don't know if this is a good use of my time. Actually, I might be better off if I hire somebody to do some of these these things because yeah. it's like driving me. In, I went into a do loop or procrastination, not getting crap done because yeah, I was yeah. like driving me nuts. Yeah, perfect. So, so that's a great idea of like looking at all the th- all the projects that you're working on and figuring out okay, which projects are the most important, right? It's the eighty twenty rule. Eighty yeah. percent of the things you do only get twenty percent of the results. Twenty percent of what you do get eighty percent. What would happen if you only focused on the twenty percent, right? Which <laughs> your your strengths, your gifts, your talents, the things that light you up, and yeah. then learn to either outsource the eighty percent or just not do them at all. Like, what would that look like? And then also, like, looking at projects. Like, a great example for me was a few years ago, I had this friend that was, like, making a ton of money through this network marketing company. Like, okay. he was making a ton of money, and uh, he talked to me. He's like, dude, Gerald, this would be so easy for you. You're so good about enrolling people. And, and the network marketing company was around, like, it was, like, a platform to teach people how to trade, like, Forex on the oh, Forex exchange, yeah. right? Was, was, that, was that a Utah-based company? I don't know where. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, actually, honestly. Okay, because no. I, I just heard of that. and, and, and Yeah, so okay. anyways, it's, it's great. And he was making a lot of money. He was passionate about it. And I was like, okay, can I make this work, right? Because in my mind, it's like, yeah, I want to make $100,000 a month passive income, right? This will, that, that, that'd be awesome. Even if it was like $25,000 a month passive income. Yeah, let's do it, right? Right. But I don't give a damn about Forex. Like, I don't, yep. I don't care at all. I don't care about the technology. I barely like cared about the people because they were like just different type of people than I like enjoyed hanging out with. Right. Cause they were like <laughs> these network marketers. Are, like, I want to make money out. And I'm like so spiritually driven. I just want to connect with people that are deep in the conversation about purpose and like, and, and these people are like, yeah, I want to make money. I want to right? And, and like, once again, like beautiful for them. Right. And my friend, I was like, great. But I said, okay, I'm going to do this because I want financial freedom. And so I dedicated six months and I would be holding these weekly meetings and I would be doing these things. And, and all the time it's like, I dreaded going to these meetings that I was hosting. (laughs) I hated, you know, having these conversations. I hated like going onto the software and sitting in front of a computer and like trying to like do the trades. Like I hated it. (laughs) <laughs> right oh yeah because it was like it wasn't like the energy of vibration but i was doing it because of the money yeah so that was a great example no wonder it didn't work out for me no wonder after six months of doing this it's like oh my gosh this is a terrible allocation of of the resource of gerald rogers on the planet like this is not actually serving my purpose like even if i did make money like it wasn't actually feeling good and I realized that the illusion of passive income was all like BS anyways, because it was like the more I grew the organization, the more energy it required, right? And you weren't tap dancing into work or anything. Oh my man. gosh, I hated it. I hated going in. And so it's just like that moment of like, oh, 
this is, it's not an HFY for me. Like, why am I spending my energy and time? And the moment I said no, the moment I decommitted, the moment I unplugged from that, that thing, then all of a sudden <gasps> I felt all this energy in life come back to me to pour into like what I really love. Right. So it's, but we do that all the time. Right. Oh, yeah. We take on projects where we're like, Oh my gosh, look at this. You know, all these people are making money over here. Let's, let's go do that. Right. And, and it doesn't actually align with what our soul's being called to create. I Everywhere I go, I see people stuck in that. Yeah. They're just stuck. Circle of sameness. They don't want to fall. They don't want to fall too far because they think they're going to bounce off the ground. Yeah. So instead of becoming great, they just stay in the circle of sameness. Yeah. This comfort zone, which pigeonholes them into stuck. Yeah. And and here's, here's like the trap, you know, the trap of the golden handcuffs. And this might hit people like I'm I like I'm willing to be the one that brings a hammer and knocks people across that type of the, uh, the head if you're not lit up going to work yeah. you're in the wrong place <laughs> right like like I see people like I heard a stat that like 65% of Americans don't enjoy the work that they do and like yeah. they spend 40 to 60 hours of their life energy every week doing <laughs> something they don't love they and for me that's like the greatest tragedy on the planet i mean good for them good for them the fact that they're showing up for their family and providing like yeah. good for them right and i'm not saying you like if you in a job you should you know hate that you should go and submit your resignation if you have responsibilities and you have but what i am saying is as conscious creators we know there's another way we believe like hey i know that there's a way for me to bring my full purpose to the world and there's there's like even as an employee like there's hundreds of thousands of companies that you can work for find one that inspires you and that appreciates you and then you can bring the full full energy of who you are and then if you can't find them, then be an entrepreneur that's creating based on your purpose. Yep. You know, these are the people I'm most passionate about working with is soul-driven, spiritually oriented <laughs> entrepreneurs. Like people that are like, hey, I'm, I'm, I call them soulpreneurs. Like people that are like up to big things and they have a big purpose and, and they're ready to bring their life force energy to something that's making a real change in the world. Making a big difference. Yeah. I, you know what's funny? As I listen to you describe that, and then as I bumped into the different alphas and these these people that are creating the good life, right? They don't necessarily know how to get there. They just pick a direction and they just start going. Yeah. And then somehow things start working out. Now they're they're discovering and they're learning along the way because maybe the way they thought that direction should have gone. Yeah. Probably might not have been an alignment. But they end up discovering their purpose or what works, but they but they they move first before yeah. they actually before they can even discover that that's really what what, what drove them, right? Yeah, and, and part of this conversation is the power of reinvention, right? When yep. you actually get present and look at the road you're heading and realize like where that road leads, you can say, okay, that's that's absolutely the destination I want. Or to be able to pivot, it's like, whoa, that this is not leading where I wanted to go. Yeah. I'm going to change direction and I'm going to like move in a different, like for me, like once again, like I'm, I'm so grateful for the moments in life where, the universe completely shatters, you know, our projection of where we're going. Like for me, like I was a real estate investor and I was like, you know, I was like, so coming out, I'm going to make enough money. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a real estate investor. And so, so I was like on that path about like 80 or 90 homes. And then the real estate market crash came in 2008, 2009. I lost everything. Once again, it's super painful, like really not, not fun. But it was also like this moment. It was like, oh, I realized that I wasn't actually doing what my soul was here to do. You know, I wasn't, my sole purpose isn't real estate investing and like going and fixing up, you know, 
houses that smelled like cat urine, you know, like, like, like I was doing it, I was making money, but there was something in my soul that was like, Oh no, what if I could actually make money doing what I love changing lives and and making a difference? And, and fortunately because of the crash, like I had a complete like a redirection, you know? And, and, um, and once again, like I, I don't want to bash on, on people that are, you know, choosing to make money doing something that they don't enjoy because, you know, there's there's so many different paths. But just make sure that you have space in your life to really think about the future and think, is this leading to where I want to go? And if not, have the courage to reinvent, have the courage to go back to sucking and getting back on the on the path of what actually will lead you to to your own life of life of your dreams. Cause it's possible. It is possible. And it really yeah. comes down to just Making a decision and leaning in. Yeah, and then, and you'll find you'll find the helpers along the way. Yeah, you'll find people that connect that'll that'll guide you. It's yeah. actually surprising that how how frequently they'll show up. I was God, a friend of mine. He was he was saying he's like man. He goes you know when he was talking with employees and stuff, and he's like hey we need to like book a plane ticket to to New York. And then they come back and they're like oh there's no tickets can't get any tickets. He's like oh okay well who did you call? And they're like we called Delta. Okay who else? Oh, we just called Delta. That's all you called, right? <laughs> no, that's all I called. And he's like, all right, well, we need to call the rest. So, so then they start calling the rest. Come back. Hey, we still didn't find it. He's like, okay. Did you exhaust all options? No. Well, they think they did. And he's like, well, is there any cars available for rent? Like, there's got to be a way. And he's like, you know what? He goes, if you went through every one of those, you couldn't find a plane, you couldn't find a car, you couldn't find that. I'll bet you if you started walking, somebody would be going to New York you could go with. <laughs> but, you, but you have to go. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah we, one, of my, one of my friends taught me this principle, which is like really powerful. He says, the person with the most flexibility wins. Be committed to the destination, yep. but flexible on the approach. Yep. Right? Like that, that's like this like mantra of like successful people. It's like, okay, what else? What else can we do? What else is possible? And that simple question helps navigate to the world of possibility rather than you never get stuck if you if you have that mentality. Yep. You never get stuck, right? There's yep. always a solution. That's what's powerful. But most people don't even know what direction they're they're going in and what they're actually committed to and they're unclear. And so their energy is dispersed in all these different directions. And when they get blocked in one way, they just like, okay, I guess I'm doing this instead. And and they don't consciously like stay in the driver's seat of their life. Yeah, it's unfortunate, right? You got somebody on a private consultation. What are you going to say to him right here, right now? It's like, okay, this is how you're going to move. Like step one, step two, step three. What? Like, I don't even know if you have steps, but what would you say? This is what we need to do right here, right now. Well, the first question is always, what do you want? What you do know? you want? What do you want? Like, what do you want? The second question is, why do you want that? Yep. Do you really want that? Are you wanting it just because of your ego or are you wanting it for a deeper soul reason? Right? So somebody walks up to a ticket counter and says, I want a, a plane ticket. You're like, cool, where do you want to go? Yeah. Don't, don't don't show up at the counter. I like, I can't help you, right? That's what you're saying. So you want the ticket. Yeah. What do but, you want? But then also like, why do you want it? Like, like, like what's, what is it inside of you that's willing to go through the resistance? Because like, if you, if you only want what's easy, then nothing big will ever happen in your life. So why do you want it? And is that why big enough? Yeah. And then the question is like, okay, what price are you willing to pay? Okay. Because there's always an investment. There's always a, an energy exchange required. So either time, money, but whatever time, it is, you're going to put something just in. Just investment of, of like, yeah, like who you are. Like, like there's there's always an investment that's required. And like, are you actually committed? Like so many people say, I want to be a billionaire. Oh yeah, do you really? <laughs> do you really want to be a billionaire? Sure, you'd like to have the fruit of billionaire, but do you want to sit and cultivate the garden you know, of, of your life. Do you want to plant the seeds? Do you want to like do that? Do you want to grow? Do you want to like, do you want to, do you want to pay the price that a billionaire has to pay to become a billionaire? 
Right. And most people are like, oh, no, not really. I just want to have a billion dollars, right? Like they want to somehow win the lottery, you know, and do that. But like the question is like, what do you want? Why do you want that? What price are you willing to pay? And then and then from that space, like navigating, all right, where are you at right now in this yeah. deep space of radical authenticity? Like what, like if, if you were truly honest, where are you at right now? Why don't you have those results anyway? Yeah. You know, and so when I guide people through consultations, it's, it's simply the uncovering, like six months from now, where are you going to be? Yeah. Where you at right now? Yeah. What's holding you back? And there's always a combination of habits that are holding them back as well as like deep mindset beliefs. You know, so much of the work that I do is subconscious reprogramming, right? Yep. Really getting into like the hardwiring of someone's brain and figuring out like why they've been creating the results that they've been creating. Yep. How they've like reached this limit in their life. And then and then the process of figuring out what beliefs need to be broken through and and dissolved and shattered and and how to actually step into the energy and the belief system of that person that already has those results what? And, then, and then everything from there it's just like simply inspired action right yeah what what is what is probably one of the most common i mean i guess this, this might even be a hard question to even answer but what's one of the most common beliefs that people have that's wrong that literally is stopping them oh gosh it's so many i mean so so many but it seems like everyone at some level is crippled by these three like i call them the three master limiting beliefs one is i'm not good enough yeah. one is i'm not lovable okay and one is i'm not worthy right okay. like those are the three master beliefs that are somehow underneath every other belief right it's like i don't have enough information i'm not enough right i I, I'm too young, I'm not enough. I'm too old, I'm not enough. Or, you know, it's like, no matter how hard I try, it's it's never going to be enough for the people I blame. Like, there's some internal, like, hard wiring. And it's, what's interesting, it's, I'll say this, I'll say this, because this is actually important to acknowledge too. Sometimes the limiting beliefs, especially for alphas, yeah, are what drive them forward. And I want to explain that. Yeah, no, like I, I meet so many people that are like crushing in their business and they're like, but they're more and more and more. And no matter how much money that they're making, they're like, I need more money, right? They, they like, <laughs> as soon as they reach a million mar- dollar, dollar market, it's like, ah, oh, if only I was making $10 million, you yeah. know, if I was only making like, and so they're driven. And so they reach like this space where they have so much financial abundance, but their life is miserable yeah. because it's all driven by this internal not enoughness, you know, and not lovable and not good and so they're you know they're they're like striving to be good enough for their dad who like never seemed to approve of them and so they reach all this financial result only to find themselves still miserable right yep. so it's it's that balance between creation but creation from like these these core parts of us that are balanced and whole and complete so that they can enjoy their family they can enjoy their life they can enjoy the creation then they can it can create from a state of abundance rather than scarcity. Dude, you know what's crazy when you t- describe that? Because it's, like, it's true. Like uh, the guy that created Victoria's Secrets, do went and committed suicide, right? Uh, it's like, like, excuse me? Yeah. Like, what? It's, a, it's interesting because Tony Robbins, like he wrote this book and he uh, he interviewed like over 100 billionaires. Yeah. 100 billionaires, these people are creating. He said, he said only three of them were authentically happy. Authentically happy. Yeah. Like all these people that had everything that most people perceive as success and wealth and, and abundance. And only three of them actually experience authentic internal wealth, right? Because they were all driven by like this deep, like 
feeling of never being enough and not being able to manage, not being able to trust, like feeling like they weren't lovable, like, like all of them. And so it's interesting because of course we all want to experience like true financial abundance, but prosperity, like true prosperity has to come in all these different areas. And so building on the foundation that actually allows this holistic success is really important. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's truth to that. Yeah. Man. Bro, so question for you. People listen to this podcast, always talk about rags, riches, and stuff. But, you I mean, you're just hitting on another fundamental. Like, who cares if you've got all the money in the world if you're broke inside, right? If you're yeah. not happy. But that that's where your expertise comes in is you're like, cool, well, we can help you make the money, but let me, let me figure out how to make it so that you could be actually happy with yourself yeah. as you make this transformation. And for, for me, the fulfillment piece is actually the most important, right? Yeah. I love working with people that have financially experienced, like, a total abundance, but they're like, huh, I feel really empty inside. Yeah. I love working with people that are like at the top of their game financially, but they're like realize that there's a whole another edge of spirituality and fulfillment and connection and love and relationship that they've been missing out on because they've been pursuing this this financial goal, thinking that that's going to fill the endless black hole inside of them of not feeling like they're good enough. I love working with them because when we can actually spiritually tune them into who they are, when we can actually fill that hole and get them to like really, really deeply unconditionally love themselves, when we can get them to access, like really access this space of unconditional love for themselves and for others, then all of a sudden they have the real form of abundance that they were always searching for, but that could never be found in money. Yeah, crazy enough. You, money solves a lot of problems, but it doesn't close them all. Yeah, feeds you it gives you entertainment but it sure as hell doesn't actually make you feel like you're worthy of love or that you're deeply connected or make you feel you know i mean it doesn't it doesn't feel like the we all want money we all deserve money but it's it's like the deeper level of fulfillment of like feeling like really walking around in a deep state of gratitude what's what's powerful is like when you actually learn how to access like the spiritual abundance yeah then the financial things actually have little relevance to how happy you are, yeah. right? Like the happiest people I've ever met on human earth, on, on planet earth, the happiest humans I've ever met on the planet are these orphans in Nepal. Okay. Yeah. And I've, I've gone to visit them five times now. And every time I go, I like, they're my mentors of happiness and you walk in their place and they're so loving, they're so joyful and they have so much fun and they're so deeply connected and their, their hearts are open wide. They like most of them don't even have their own pair of shoes Right. They like share community shoes and they share blankets and stuff. But they're they're happier than any ultra wealthy person I've ever met. Right. Because they they've tuned into like this space. And once again, like I want to emphasize, like you deserve to have wealth and happiness, but don't confuse fulfillment from that that path. You know, let riches provide the home and the comfort and the food and the travel, like, like enjoy that. But none of it matters unless you live in a deep space of, of gratitude, which is what these kids in Nepal, like they, they walk around beaming with gratitude, beaming with love and like really in this authentic space of joy, like joy full. (laughs) Right. And so every time I go there, it's like, Oh, okay. These kids get to remind me, you know, how to actually stay tuned to this frequency as I'm creating, as I'm, you know, doing the things I'm doing. Like, I like the fact that the way you described it, because the one thing that comes to my mind is Warren Buffett's like, dude, it is deeply frustrating for a, for a wealthy man not to be able to go buy love or to be able to buy some of those things that you're describing. Because, dude, if anybody had the money to do it, he does, right? And he's like, I can't buy it. Like, I can't buy it. And it drives me nuts. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's honest, you know, and and then to realize, oh, it's it's accessible in every moment. It's accessible with every person. Like love is the easiest to asset access resource when we actually slow down and we're present. But but most of us haven't tuned into it. And if there's a block inside that says I'm not lovable or I need to earn my love by, you know, proving, getting these results. And then all of a sudden there's like, it makes it impossible to actually feel the frequency of love because we're not actually tuned in. But like when we learn how to tune in, it's like we can walk around to that state of love and presence and joy and wonder and gratitude no matter what's going on. And this is, um, I was listening, are you familiar with who Sadhguru is by chance? Yeah. So Sadhguru is this uh, spiritual teacher from India, but I was listening to an interview that he was doing recently, and, and he said something really profound that I love. He's like, you know, it's interesting, as human beings, we have this miraculous capacity. We can be in heaven, yet experience hell. Yep. Or we can be in hell and experience heaven. Like someone can be living in San Diego, California, in perfect weather, beautiful environment, incredible home, but internally they can be in hell and they can feel <laughs> miserable and depressed and sad, right? Despite all of these in things in their environment, having an abundance of food and, and, and beautiful air and sunshine. And like they can be in heaven, but internally be so miserable, right? And likewise... We have this miraculous ability where we can be in hell. We can be in a place where we have little food, little environment, like these kids in Nepal, and and they can walk around in a state (laughs) of pure bliss and heaven. And this is like our superpower. But most people don't know how to actually activate the superpower. And so they they walk around in a suffering state. You know, they walk around in misery and pain and drudgery and like, (laughs) right? Here we are in the most abundant time in the history of the planet, yet most people are experiencing depression or sadness or like whatever it is. And we're like, we're like infinitely plus because we haven't actually learned how to experience like this blissful state, no matter where we're at. And it's it's interesting. And that's, it is, it it is interesting. Yeah. It's fascinating, but it's like, this is my favorite thing to to tune people in. Like, this is what our retreats are about. This is what our experiences are about is helping people understand how to experience like this deep level of fulfillment and deep level of joy deep level of wonder and magic in their life and deep connection yeah so that they can live their purpose more fully so they can be aligned so they can operate from a state of overflowing love and and creation energy rather than creating from lack which is what most people do they do they walk around with lack yeah. It was Ty Lopez that was saying he's like dude he goes he goes these like these super hot chicks and stuff on Instagram it's like, dude, they're messed up. Like, oh, yeah. beautiful, they've I, got it all, I've, but they're screwed I've, up on the inside. I've never met, like, a, a model that didn't have, like, deep, unconscious insecurities, like, deeply insecure, like, the most beautiful people. Why? Because all of their worth that they've been trained since they were a little kid has been built on this external facade, and and they're always measuring themselves against an impossible standard. Yep. And then take that to athletes, take that to, you know, business owners. Like they, like we all like create these impossible games where our insecurities make us feel like no matter what level we reach, it's like it's not enough. And that's why I'm like anchoring in like this fact that like we all have these broken blueprints, like these viruses to our operating system that need to be cleaned up. Not so that you can, you can create outrageous results, yeah. but just be, broken inside you'll just never enjoy those results until you actually master like this 
this internal alignment. So if somebody wants to, somebody wants to find you because they're like, all right, I got the good life, things are working, but I gotta, I gotta fix the inside so I can enjoy where I'm at. How do they find you, Gerald? So here's the deal. You can always find me on Facebook, you know, facebook.com forward slash the real Gerald Rogers. For those, I, I, I actually feel inspired to offer this gift. Yeah. For those that are in the state where you've you've been creating, you've been doing meaningful things, you're you're up to big things in the world, you're driven by purpose, but you feel like this gap, you know, you feel like this missing link. You feel like you need more fulfillment or you need a breakthrough, you need to have this. And so I'm offering this as a gift only for those that are really serious about knowing that there's a whole new level of spiritual and emotional fulfillment waiting for you. I want to offer an invitation to actually sit down and do a personal one-on-one. I have very limited space on my calendar, but I really love working with people that are motivated to create change and they're up to big things and they, they've created things, results, but they know that there's, there's something. And then something in this conversation has sparked this awareness that says there's an answer. So for those that are interested in having that one-on-one personalized breakthrough session with me, just go to coachwithgerald.com. Once again, coachwithgerald.com. And there's a, a few spaces I've opened on my calendar where you can just sit down and we can have a deep, authentic, honest conversation about where you're at, where you want to go, and what are the next steps to get there and what, what, what do you need to break through to get there. And if I can serve you, I'm on your team. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's my gift for you. And normally, I just want to emphasize, normally like I charge $1,000 an hour for, for coaching and consultation, but this is my gift as a way of like investing in your purpose and you know, see if there's alignment for us to support you long-term. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah. Dude, I loved having you on the podcast today, man. You got to go find Gerald Rogers. Go check him out. Man. <laughs> I met him. He showed me a whole bunch of things, opened up my eyes, and that's why I wanted him on the show. Thanks for coming in today, man. Yeah, it's an honor. It's good to reconnect with you. And uh, for all you alpha the alphas out there, just remember this is your life. So make it legendary. <laughs> that's 